0: Hello and welcome back to a pinch of honesty. Um, today, I'm recording from a pretty solemn place. Um, our daughter had a swim meet this weekend, and you know it was fantastic. It was great to see her back racing. Um, it was interesting to see how they deal with like all the COVID stuff, which was good. And in the midst of all of it, um, I find out that a co-worker's wife died in childbirth. And it has brought up just this insane amount of emotions um, for me from when I was pregnant. And the realization that there's so much that happens that nobody ever really talks about. Um, And so I'm going to bring it up here because I'm really kind of tired of the silence, you know? So I want to start off by saying I am positive that other women's experiences are very different than mine. Um, and so this is speaking solely from my own personal experience. And I'm sure that given where people are and who they choose for doctors, um, you know, your experiences are probably wildly different than mine. However, um, I think from talking to a lot of friends, the way that pregnant women get treated, um, at least from what I've seen in the U.S. at major hospitals, is very, very similar. Um, And to be honest, quite appalling. Um, So to start off with, right, you know, after I became pregnant, um, we had a very hard time conceiving our daughter. And when I finally tested positive, um, we went in very, very early for an ultrasound and we went in early, um, because we had such a hard time getting pregnant and we had this ultrasound done. Um, and the doctor's response to me was, well, most of these end in miscarriage anyways. And for somebody who has been struggling to get pregnant, to hear that, I mean, I was, I was devastated, absolutely devastated. And his callous remark, um, was appalling, right? And so we changed doctors, right? I was like, that's it. We're changing doctors, right? Like, I'm not going to put up with this type of behavior. And so we changed doctors. So we go to one of the highest recommended um, OB doctors in our town. And, you know, they start off with, here's the slew of tests we're going to run. You know, and I talked with my husband about it. And, you know, say, for example, you know, a lot of the tests they want to run are for Down syndrome and birth defects and those types of things. And, you know, we had long conversations about it. And I was like, look, you know, if they tell me um, she's going to be really sick, um, it's not going to change my opinion of whether or not we're going to have her. Right. So I didn't want to have a lot of these invasive tests and I had to push hard not to have quite a few of them. However, some of them they took regardless of my opinion um, because I was considered um, advanced maternal age. Um, and so, you know, I go in and, and the midwife, um, at one of these appointments, she's like, well, we're going to see like how big of a baby you can birth. And I'm like, what does that mean? And she's like, well, we're going to figure out like, you know, what size baby you can have. And I was like, so, you know, if I grow a baby who's nine pounds and you tell me I can only have a six pound baby, you know, what's going to happen. And she's like, oh, well, you know, you'll probably just, you know, tear and have all kinds of issues. Um, and i'm like i don't understand i don't understand the point of this so you know she basically reaches into your vagina and this may be way too much information for some of you so she reaches into my vagina and she pushes around i was sore for probably 4 days after that i mean sore sore like wanting to take advil having a hard time walking sore and for nothing right like what what is the point of that and you know one of the doctors this is later on in time i had an iud and she took it out after i'd had my daughter And I mean, I was in tears. It hurt that bad when she ripped the sucker out. And she was like, well, it's nothing compared to childbirth. Like, you know, what's your problem? And so, (laughs) and I'm ranting here because I feel like women get treated often like a piece of meat. Like there's so much that we put up with anyways. And so like, really, you know, um, you can take more, you can take more, you know, So then of course, you know, um, they ran the smattering of tests. Some of them we didn't even want, I wouldn't let them take any ambionic fluid because I was concerned about, um, losing our daughter, you know, and especially given that it was so hard to get pregnant with her. And they called me at work after a set of, uh, tests and they said, the nurse said there's a one in 100% chance, a one in a hundred percent chance that your daughter's going to have Down syndrome. So you and your husband need to talk about whether or not you want to abort So first of all, she calls me at work to tell me this. I'm in tears. Um, I'm wondering, you know, what the fuck, basically. Um, You know, I start talking to my husband and my husband's looking at all the numbers and he's like, it doesn't make any sense. So it turns out I go into the doctor's office and I sit down and I wait to talk to her. And she's like, you know, she has no appointments. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here until she talks to me. And I sit there and it turns out that they um, had run the wrong tests and the they quickly rushed off blood work to have tested and um and um after they ran the blood test they were like oh yeah like there's a very slim chance she has down syndrome but you know if i had taken the um <laughs> little pause <laughs> um, but if i had taken their advice you know and and aborted the fetus based off of you know false information i i just it's mind-boggling to me, and I had to be such a strong advocate for my own well-being and my child's well-being that it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, at one point, um, you know, they were really, really nervous about her dying, and um, they wanted to put me in a helicopter in a snowstorm and to get to the biggest, you know, major facility that could deal. You know, that had a good NICU um, is an hour and twenty-minute drive. And I was like, I feel more comfortable in the middle of a snowstorm having my husband who has all-wheel drive driving me. I was like, is she in immediate danger? Like, is she going to die in the next half hour? And they're like, no. And I'm like, then I'm not getting in a helicopter. And at one point the nurse actually said to me, um, you can't say no. And I was like, yes, yes, I can. As a matter of fact, I can walk out right now. Right? So then we swapped to a whole another set of doctors, um, <laughs> you know, and- <laughs> It's just, it's, it's really kind of mind boggling to me. Right. It's like, um, you know, they kept the room way too hot. I complained about it. You know, why is she being so complainy? It's like the room is way too hot for me. You know, I ended up, you know, on bed rest in the hospital, um, advocating for myself in the hospital. Um, it just, it was asinine repeatedly. The, the amount of kind of, I would say ill treatment that I was given. And the most, the most, I would say, um, striking thing that I remember after all of this um was that the day after I gave birth to my daughter, um, I was up and moving around and um one of the doctors came in and I was getting ready to go over and and pump and begin trying to feed my daughter uh because she was in the NICU. And um this doctor walked in who I'd never even seen before and he was like, you know, oh, you know, he walks up to me and grabs a side of my boobs, which um had become, you know, hugely engrossed. Um because they were filled up with milk and I was getting ready to go pump. And he was like, you really need to get on it and start pumping. And I'm thinking to myself, when in the world did it ever become appropriate for somebody just to walk in and basically just grab my boob? You know, I mean, I was, I was horrified and it was painful. Um, (laughs) and the amount of You know, you will breastfeed your child that was just shoved down my throat. It didn't matter whether I really wanted to or whether I really didn't want to. It didn't matter one way or the other. Um, They were going to just basically be in our face nonstop. And to physically take our daughter out of the NICU, we had to be certified in infant CPR. And so I had asked, I was like, okay, so every new parent has to be certified in CPR? And they're like, no, 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 just if your child's in the NICU which makes absolutely no sense to me. So you're going to take a first time parent who has, you know, a nine pound baby versus my daughter who was three pounds and I have to know CPR, but a nine pound baby's parents, do, you know, they don't need to know it. So it was, it was kind of this just non nonstop um, being treated like a piece of meat. Um, and then, you know, being expected to do all these things, regardless of even what my thoughts or opinions were on any of it. Um, at one point when I was on bed rest and they were trying to decide whether they wanted to induce me or not, um, this nurse came in. Or the, the, she was actually a doctor. Sorry, she was a doctor. And um, and she just reached in to see. She was like, let me just see how dilated you are. And she basically shoved her hand into my vagina. And <laughs> she was like, mm, you know, not, not that dilated. You know, she was like three centimeters. And But the fact that there's no, you know, real concern, there's no – There's no bedside manner. There's no conversation, you know, and in the end I finally had to start having these conversations with the doctor and one of the doctors who came in and and I was like, okay, you know, if you guys induce me right now, what are the chances that things are going to go very South given that my daughter is having a heart, you know, like, so she was having um, issues with the umbilical cord and it basically was dropping out. And at some point they were really concerned that basically was going to do a reverse flow. When it does that, then you have a stillborn baby, And so I was asking, I was like, okay, so what are the chances that then I'm going to end up going into emergency C-section? And they were like, well, it's really high, right? Because she's already distressed. And so I was like, then why wouldn't I just choose to have a C-section now to avoid the stress of inducing her? And the doctor was like, well, because a lot of people like to have a vaginal birth. And I was like, I want a healthy baby. Right? Like it's not whether or not I want to have a vaginal birth or whether or not I want to have a C-section. I want to have a healthy baby. We've gone through all of this. My husband kept reminding me the whole time. He's like, it's a means to an end, a means to an end. And I don't disagree with him. It is a means to an end. But the way that I was treated, the way that, you know, pregnant women get treated in hospitals today is basically like this, you're kind of a sack of meat who is here to basically produce, to produce a child. And then, and then, (laughs) All of the complications after the fact that nobody ever talks about. Because by the time you get to these complications, you're in your 40s, you're in your mid-40s, and your uterus is sagging, your bladder isn't holding anymore. Um, The number of women I know who have had to go in to have something reconstructed because of having children, and the shame that is associated with that and the fact that most women won't even talk about it is absolutely ridiculous Um, because it's a huge deal, right? You have to go in after the fact and have, you know, your bladder basically put into a hammock to hold it up Um, or you have to have some other type of surgery done so that you don't pee yourself and nobody wants to talk about it right? Nobody talks about this before you have a baby. Nobody even tells you after the fact about all of the the things that go wrong after having a child. Um, And it's shameful for women to talk about it. And I'm tired of it. I'm absolutely tired of it. I currently have a handful of girlfriends who are all dealing with issues with respect to having children, and none of them want to talk about it. None of them want to bring it up because they feel horrible about it and they shouldn't part of me is like fuck that we are treated like shit after we get pregnant we are treated like a piece of meat there to produce an offspring and in the end we have lasting effects from having these children regardless of like you know the outer looking right like oh i have stretch marks oh i have saggy boobs oh i have you know all those things which you know i think are we're trying to get people to be more accepting of Regardless of any of that, we have all of these things internally that happen to women after having children, after having a child. And then people try to make us feel like shit for it, which is ridiculous. On top of all of it, women risk their lives <laughs> to have a child. There is a, there is a non-zero chance that you will die in this endeavor. Um, and yet we're still treated the way that we're treated when we go in for medical care. It's It kills me. It kills me. So I'm emotional. I'm insanely emotional. Because my coworker's wife and one of the teachers, she was a teacher at my daughter's school, is dead. Um it happens, it happens, I know that it happens. And yet we as women get treated so poorly through the whole experience. Now, granted, I could have chose to have a home birth. I could have chose not to see any medical professionals. I could have chosen not to go to the big city hospital and have my daughter at a NICU. I could have chosen all of those things, right? But I chose the path towards having a healthy child, given all the complications that I was already having. Um, and in doing that, you don't have a, I didn't have a choice in any of the doctors. Do you know what I mean? Um, Having your kid in a major hospital where there's a NICU, you don't get a choice. You get whoever's on call. Um, You know, (laughs) they when they put me in the room to do the C-section, they gave me an epidural, right? Which, of course, doesn't feel great. Um, And, you know, I'm laying there. And I'm talking to the anesthesiologist who's next to me. And I'm like, okay, so like, how long is this going to take, Bob? And he was like, oh, like, he was like, they're already partway in. And I turned to him and I was like, is anybody going to go get my husband who's out in the hall waiting? And they were like, oh, we forgot. You know, so (laughs) they go out there, they get my husband. I mean, he comes in just in time, basically, for when they pull my daughter out so he can see her before they whisk her off into the NICU. Um, And I'm thinking... (laughs) I'm here alone being cut on, um, because you forgot, because you fucking forgot that my husband is in the hallway waiting, nervous. (sighs) I'm overly worked up about this. I really am. Um, and I feel like (sighs) there needs to be more awareness and I feel like there needs to be this discussion of all of the options space up front. I feel like I am a type A person and I educated the fuck out of myself before having a kid, before getting pregnant, even through the entire process. And yet, and yet, um, people treated me like me and I had to push back constantly. I had to nonstop advocate for myself to the point where it was exhausting, absolutely exhausting. Um, And I feel like a lot of women actually don't. I think a lot of women just kind of roll with the punches and they let themselves kind of be whisked through this entire process because it's magical and it's beautiful and it's natural. And they let themselves just be treated the way that I think people want to treat them. It's appalling. It's appalling. So I'm going to take myself out for a run and I'm going to think about Sarah and hope that, you know, her baby survived. Um, her husband now has two children to raise by himself. Um, and I'm going to think about them and be sad because it's an emotion that we too often sweep under the rug. And I'm gonna try to think about ways that I can advocate for other women and that I can make women understand around me that A, you aren't a piece of meat, and being treated this way is inappropriate. And B, dealing with all of the repercussions from having children isn't anything to be ashamed of. Um you pee yourself every time you're on a trampoline. You know what? <laughs> you grew a child. It's fine, right? Um, you have to go in and have surgery to have you know your uterus lifted. You had children. That happens. Um, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely nothing. And for people to treat you like less because of it, um, or for you to feel like you can't talk about it, um, I'm here to tell you that that's bullshit, that's absolute bullshit. um because we are the ones who suffer through this, and uh mad props and mad respect to all women out there. I'm tired of us being treated like less, even though we're doing infinitely more. And we die. When does a man ever die giving birth to a child? They don't. So, deep breath. (laughs) Thanks for listening to my rant. And hopefully when I see you on the flip side, I'll be in an infinitely better mood. Maybe not. Thanks for tuning in.